the same stirs up the storms in this world, and we run into one, or one comes to us, okay, then we have protection against the flying debris that Satan throws our way. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, here's what Paul writes. He says, in every situation, now I don't know about you, I just will pause there, okay? That's what I'll pause because it said in every situation. Alright? So that means, that means when life is going pretty good, what he's to say, the lies. Okay? In fact, let me tell you something really good about stormproofing your life. Don't wait for the storm. If you're ready for a storm before it comes, you're going to have a better survival rate and less consequences than if you try to prepare right before the storm comes. So in every situation, when things are going well, this applies. When, when things are a little bumpy, okay, this applies, okay? And then when the storm is blowing hard, this applies. So in every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can pierce the divine reed, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. There's your flying debris, okay? Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So Satan loves to accuse his allies about us, okay? Now, does anyone here have a safe room in your house? Have a storm shelter? Get a bathtub? Okay, you might make it then. You might make it then. Okay, in the bathtub. You may die with a bathtub thing, okay? All right, let's get in the bathtub. But really, I know, I know my family, no, I'm sorry, I, well, I have a basement, okay, that would probably serve as a safe area. Um, but I went back in time when we built a home several years ago, put in a safe room. It's got like foot concrete walls, a door that's for 200 mile power winds, and a concrete seal. They built it as a safe room. But what you know is, is that the shield of faith is your safe room. It's your safe place. Okay? It's your safe place. And then when the fiery darts come, when the debris comes, okay, you have a safe place to go. If you think about it, it works pretty well. The illustration is, you know, again, a Roman soldier would have a shield that probably was five feet tall. Okay? So that'd be not right here on me. And they would stand behind that shield, and all the, the blows and all the sword blows and flaming arrows that came that way, they were in their same place with a shield. So the idea really, really works. Now, what kind of junk? Okay, the same throw your way. What kind of stuff does Satan throw your way? Well, he does send lies. Okay? Now, there's two kinds of lies he's probably going to send your way. The first one is you're a loser. You're a loser. Um, he goes to like this you're a failure, and you've always been a failure, and when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to be a failure. All you are is a failure. He, he loves to tell lies that pushes down. Pushes down and pushes down. Okay? But then watch out for this. Sometimes he'll tell you the success part. So it goes something like this. You're not really happy in your marriage. And you're a believer, so you know the Bible teaches that you're married for life. And so the trouble that your husband's is not doing a very good job. Okay? And so you're sitting there one day and you're kind of like, you know, hey, can I do another 25 years of this? Okay? Then you can just You deserve better than this. You deserve that. You, you, you don't deserve him. You deserve someone who really loves you. And what happens is we believe that lie, which plants the seed that we are better and therefore we deserve better. Okay? And consequently, that leads to us following the Word of God. 
and turn it into a divorce situation. I'm not divorced, so not one there. I'm just saying that Satan lied to you. He'll tell you you're worthless, or he'll tell you you're worthless. And you've got to be careful of both those kinds of lies. Both of them are flying to the grave. Okay? Now, now, the other thing in accusations, and he's good at this, he'll, he'll bring that thing to you. You're kind of cool. Oh, by the way, I really wanted to, um, I had some hard sermon ideas at this point. Have you ever heard the saying, uh, happy wife, happy life? Yeah, that's the sort of thing that they're like, you know, women. Yeah. So I came up with happy dad, mighty man. There you go, ladies. Free, free. Now you've got something to use. Um, so, so anyway, so, so the reading the accusations, okay, you bring up the past all the time. He dresses, he dresses up things that you've done in the past, okay, and throws them in your face. He accuses you, accuses you, accuses you. And the shield of faith helps you and puts those hard words out. Because all of them mess with you. All of them mess you up. All of them make your life miserable. So that when the power goes out and you're sitting in the dark, 
to be built on the tabernacle. When Satan comes with that stone, you'll say, well, what about Satan? You said I'm worthless, but the Bible says that God loved me so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for me. You said that I'm a failure, but God says I'm not. And then you say, guess who I'm going to believe? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. So the faith then, this word God, is your faith generated. It is worth it is worth the investment in your life to know the word of God. Ah, we're all busy. We're all busy, 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 okay? Got that, understand that. But it's worth the investment. It's worth the investment. I promise you, promise you, people go, I think I'll, I'll put this whole shelter. We'll do it next week, and next week, and next week. Then the storm comes, and then we should have it. We should have it. Before the faith is generated, it's worth it. It's worth it. Now, Paul goes on and says, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. So we are always in good courage. Now, when, when we're so prepared with God, we're always in good courage. Alright? Because no matter how big the storm, God is big. Uh, there's one we can get into. You might even hear me. I, I study sometimes. Okay? So, so no matter how big the storm in your life, our God is big. Yeah, I thought I'd be down. I spoke plenty of that. That's exactly right. So keep that in mind. So, so we are always, Paul says, we are always a good courage. Because our God is bigger than whatever's going to come our way. And, and, if he and his divine investment says, it's time for you to go to glory, you trust Jesus, you're going to happen. I mean, they win a win situation. Okay? So we are always a good courage. And we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So, so while we're here, we are still in the um, storm zone. But there's coming a day when we'll be away from the body, and we're going to be out of the storm zone, and that is a place called heaven. That's a place called heaven. There are sitting there, I really love my heart tonight, David chose to sing as well my soul. And I was sitting in this bill, um, and, and you know, Paul, Paul says here, as we go a bit further, he says, um, We know that while we were at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, we're in the storm zone. So, so, in the meantime, we walk by faith and not by sight. So, until we get to heaven and we're out of the storm zone, we walk by faith. Okay? And the song said, and I know my brothers, the song said, and one day our faith will become sight. And there it was. It is well over the perfect place for it. You know, a guy loses three of his children, had a son die earlier, his business is burned up in the um, Chicago fire. He gets out and writes a song in just a few minutes. It is well with my soul. I'm telling you what, when it is well with your soul, you can endure any storm that comes your way. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, the second tool, we have the, the shield of faith, and then we have the helmet of salvation. Paul says in verse 6 and 17, the part, first part, take the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. Remember what I said? I said, most deaths and storms occur because of flying debris. And too often, too often, there are traumatic brain injuries. You know what those are? Those are injuries so severe that the 
functions, but the brain does not say. It's said. He'll get a perfectly strong young man, but his brain does not function anymore. A strong young woman, but the brain doesn't function anymore. So, so what is the answer for that? Well, in a spiritual form, okay, then the answer is a helmet of salvation. Put on a helmet of salvation. In a spiritual form, without the helmet, we can lose two things. It's my favorite right now. Okay, number one is this. We can lose our spiritual common sense. Okay? So, so we spiritually get knocked in the head. If we don't have the helmet on, we get knocked in the head. And we start thinking, you know, what's the words? Um, I was not silly. I had the sense not that again. Have you ever heard this before? Okay, so, so if you're in a spiritual storm and you don't have the helmet of salvation, you might call and say, well, what the hell is salvation? Like, it's the confident assurance that you belong to God. It's the confident assurance that you belong to God. So when you don't wear that, that confident assurance the storm gun, you can lose your spiritual common sense. And you'll know you lost your spiritual common sense when you start doing crazy things. Like you put on the church. Like stop giving. Like you could serve You know, you, 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 you abandon, you isolate yourself from your friends. Those are all things that are warning signs that you lost your spiritual equilibrium, okay, and then you've been on the okay? But even worse than that is, the second thing is to lose our spiritual consciousness. When someone's unconscious, he's in a dark place. A dark place. And we're not careful when we go through a storm and we don't have the helmet on, okay? It can break our faith. It can break our faith. And we find ourselves in a very dark place where, oh, the words, I'm just not sure I believe in God. I'm just not sure. If they're willing to God, how can you take my child? If they're willing to God, how do you allow this to happen? And we get that knocked And it happens when we don't have the helmet. When we allow our, our brain to be attacked with that kind of stuff. We're not silly or we're not unconscious. Okay? Now, here's the deal. Um, a lot of people reject helmets. Um, I don't know if any motorcycle riders in here, um, but I know there's a lot of guys. One, there are some guys who say, you know what? Law or no law, I'm going to wear a helmet. Okay? But most of you see the guys that wrote, they don't use it for helmets. Okay? And I think there are two answers. If you ask why they wear a helmet, they're going to say, one, um, I know a guy that I'm going to wear almost killed. Okay, that's going to be one answer. And the second answer is going to be, it's so restrictive. Man, you don't know, you don't know the thrill of the air blowing through your hair. Well, there's a reason why I don't know that. It has nothing to do with the world. Okay? All right. Um, anyway, the thrill of the air blowing through your hair, how incredible it is. Okay. So we we reject helmets. I'll be like, can I be transparent with you? I do not ride a motorcycle. I do not ride a bicycle. And you all wear a helmet? No. You know why? It's too restrictive. Plus, at 65, I'm not going that fast. Okay? I'm not going, I might fall over, but I won't crash. I might fall over, right? But anyway, but anyway, but we find that here's the deal. If you're in an accident, if you're out in comes, where you need your head protected, the helmet does not help. I want to tell you this right now. This helmet always helps. This helmet always helps. When you're going to go through a storm, make sure you have on the helmet of salvation. It's just a lie 
13.20, the one who walks to the wise will become wise. For a companion of fools is not on. So when we act foolishly, okay, we get foolish results. results. And if we don't act wisely, we have wise results. Okay? That's just the way it is. Now, another, another scripture, probably this is interesting, when he calls those who are here this way, we're talking about how Philippians was one of the best churches in the New Testament. Uh, you know, all of the book of Philippians, there's not a lot of names, but it's all like you're doing a good job, okay? It's very cool. The second, the Corinthian church, was one of the weaker churches. Okay, there are some so, um, There are two, there's a first Corinthians and a second Corinthians, okay? And most of those are splitting because of a reference in the book, then there was a third letter, okay? So these guys were 10 pounds with Paul. They have all kinds of issues, all right? So this is what Paul says in a letter to them in 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear, he says, I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by this thing, your minds may be seduced from a severe and pure devotion to Christ. Paul writes to this church and says, guys, I fear. There's some crazy things. If you're acting unconscious, I'm just fearful that Satan is deceiving your mind as he did me. Okay? And he's seducing you from your sincere devotion to Christ. Oh, beware. Oh, beware. Let them ask you a question. Don't answer. Know anyone who used to. You know anyone who used to. If you go here, can you think of someone like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. Well, I have to do that, too. That's 
He says, I'm like, you know, if God really loves you, if God really loves you, would he allow this in your life? Okay. And then we reply, because we're going to use the sword, all things, the things are Satan, all things work together for good to those who love God.